0: Thank you to our worship team at all of our campuses, no matter where you're joining us, here at Rock Spring, Dalton, Rossville, online, we're glad you're here. So normally at this point I say take your Bibles and turn to, but I'm doing a little something a little differently today. And so I'm going to have all the verses on the screen today so you can follow along and I'll tell you how to follow along as we go along if you want to open your Bible. But I'm going to actually read them off the screen myself this morning. As we go along, I, I want to do something a little different today because this today is the one-year anniversary of something we started last year. We're just calling the Family Initiative. And last year, I introduced a five-year initiative that we were going to focus on the family for five years, really, right here in Peavine City. Why Why did we need this initiative to focus on the family? Well, here's what I told you last year, that Katusa had... 374 divorces in 2019, 2020. That's more than one per day. Then Walker had um, uh, 338 divorces, which is nearly one per day. And that was 2019 and 2020. But when you looked at 2021, which was last year, what we discovered uh, last year, excuse me, that's not up there. What we discovered last year was Katusa. Had 374 divorces. That's more than one per day. And then Walker had 338 divorces. I've said all that already, hadn't I? So sorry, got confused myself. What we discovered in 2019-2020 was the average of divorce a day. And then that same thing happened last year. So why uh, did we start the Family Initiative? Well, we had threefold gold with it when we started it. That we wanted to decrease the number of divorces and family breakups. That's just bottom line that um, we wanted to reduce that number in Peavine City. And I know some of you may be saying at uh, some of our other campuses, well, why, why just Walker and Contusa? Well, they're the only ones that would give us the stats. We had a hard time getting them out of Whitfield and Chattanooga area and other places. But it's similar. It's similar or worse in other areas. So we wanted to decrease the number of divorces and family breakups. We wanted to increase family happiness because here's what I know as a pastor. Just because you are together does not mean you are happy so we wanted to bring joy back into a home so that a husband and wife are not living with a brother sister relationship. And finally, we wanted to bring more people to Jesus through the family initiative. And so last year, I told you that we thought it would take us $150,000 per year for five years, which would be a total of. $750,000, three quarters of a million dollars over five years. And I asked you to give last year, to give $150,000 a year, collectively, over five years. And so far, one year into the ministry, you have given $251,000. That is fantastic, p Thank you for your giving, and I have more news for you. I don't think we're going to need $750,000 over a five-year period. Because of our partnership with the Transformation Center for Counseling, back last year I thought we would have to bring counselors actually on staff in order to do the counseling we wanted to do. But because of our partnership with the Transformation Center, we're able to have two counselors over here uh, in our counseling home right next to us. And we're not going to need as much money as what we thought we would need and so we're downgrading that estimate from about $750,000 over five years to about $500,000 over five years. We're going to do more than counseling. we have already doing more than counseling. For example, this coming uh, winter semester on Wednesday nights, Mark, who's the head counselor at the Transformation Center and I, are going to do a uh, Wednesday night class. On that deals with family issues. I'm gonna kind of going to serve as moderator and give you a pastoral perspective on some issues, and he's going to give you the counseling perspective on some issues. And we want to deal with exactly what you're dealing with in your family. By the way, even if you're single, we'll deal with issues of those as well. And uh, as a matter of fact, today, today, around noon, you're going to get a text. If uh, I think we're sending it out to members and regular tenders, you're going to get a text. With a survey, I need you to go fill that survey out based on how you fill out that survey um, is what we're going to deal with on Wednesday nights. And so um, you may say, well, preacher, I don't have any issues. Okay, great. But you know people with issues, right? You know what they've got going on. Fill it out on behalf of somebody else, if nothing else. Fill it out on behalf of your grandchildren, your children, your coworkers. Help us by filling that out. Or maybe you might say to your wife, um, we don't have any problems, but just in case we did, this is what I think they would be. And it's all anonymous, by the way. We don't know anybody that sends anything in. So we're doing that on Wednesday nights, but let me talk to you about counseling. We've been counseling since June, and since June, we've seen 107 individual clients, and collectively, they have had 385 appointments, and I think that is phenomenal considering we've been doing it less than six months. Those are people in our church. Those are people in our community, and we get responses like this. We can't really ask for or share responses but every now and then somebody will volunteer one and you can't read this but i just put it all on one side so i could read it somebody sent us this about uh their um their uh, encounter with our counseling center here she said i want to thank so much of an impact kim from the transformation center has had on me i have only seen her a few times but she listens and truly cares about my life and struggles Having someone that sets an alarm every morning to pray for my spouse and me, that's why I love Christian counseling. Believes in the values that I strive to live by and doesn't sugarcoat the hard things, but follows the word that has made a difference in my healing and growth. I'm so thankful p has this opportunity service available. She's not only working with me on my marriage and the brokenness in it, but she's also focusing on me as a person to be able to deal with and handle the mess that life throws at me. I look forward to continuing my sessions with her and I can see how this partnership between the church and the counseling center will impact many. That's just one example. We're less than six months in and great things are happening and we're really only getting started. And here's what I want to do today. You might be one of those that's new to our church or you've been here and you're like, why do we need such an emphasis on the family? Why do we need counseling? Why do we need Finances. Why do we need a Wednesday night discipleship class? Why do we need to talk about marriage and parenting all the time? Why do we need all of that? I want to take the next 15 minutes, and I want to explain to you why we need the family initiative. I want to tell you three things today. Number one is this: the we need the family initiative because the family is under attack. The family is under attack. The family has been under attack since the very beginning of time. Satan started by trying to break up and separate the family. Can I read this to you? Satan's opening attack was on the family. Look in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. I have it on the screen. Now the serpent was more the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, he said, you will certainly not die. This is Satan speaking through the serpent. Uh, to the, Satan said, the serpent said to the woman, in fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at And that it was desirable for attaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. That was Satan's opening attack on the family, but it's not done. Genesis chapter 4 verse 8. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's guardian? Or as the King James says, am I bro- my brother's keeper? In the very first pages of our Bibles, we see Satan's attack against the family. Now, when it came to Adam and Eve's sin, that was a outri- an outright attack on the family. He knew that if he could get, could get between their relationship, listen, here's what Satan was trying to do. He wanted to separate them emotionally so he could get Eve to fall into sin. So literally, Satan is flirting with Eve to get her to sin, trying to separate her emotionally from her husband, Adam. And he knew if he could get Eve to separate from her husband, then uh, Eve would get into sin, and Eve would get her husband into sin, and it would be the downgrading of the family. Well, it comes along in Genesis chapter 4, he's doing the same thing with Cain and Abel. That if I can make uh, one brother jealous of br- another brother, then maybe I could get them to do something terrible. And here's what Satan knew. That the absolute, he knew the absolute damaging chaos that would ensue if he could destroy the family bond. He knew the chaos that would be unleashed on earth. If he could destroy that family relationship, he knew what would happen, by the way, for for thousands of years and billions of people, if he could just destroy that very first family. And I want to say this to you this morning, that was his plan then, and that is his plan now. He's always attacking the family, knowing that if he can get the family in chaos, he can win spiritual battles. When I say Satan's attacking the family, I mean it two ways. Number one, he is attacking the family at what I'll call the global level. The global level. Our enemy is doing everything he can to attack the nuclear family and destroy our belief in God's design for the home. Can I just give you some ways he's doing that? And I'll run through these quickly. The rate of marriage in the United States is in significant decline. 2020 saw the fewest marriages per capita in decades. Cohabitation is currently the most common co-residential union among young adults. So young adults are living together apart from God's design. And that's what we're seeing among this young generation now. And it's a direct attack on the family. We're told there are more than two genders denying, by the way, common sense and scientific data. Right? I don't have to be a biologist to know that's not right. We're being told that marriage is a union between two people who love each other regardless of gender instead of being a union of God's design, one man, one woman for one lifetime. And by the way, we just saw that this week with Congress passing. I hate that we cannot, we're not smarter than, than our enemy is when they called it the Defense of Marriage Act. It wasn't the Defense of Marriage Act, it was the Attack on Marriage Act. That's good preaching, Joel. I know it is. I know it is. I know it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We are demanding that grammar school aged children be allowed to go through gender reassignment surgery, kids that can't decide on a Christmas toy, but are now being bullied by parents into changing their sexual identity. Oh, that's an attack on the family. The U.S. has the world's highest rate of children living in single-parent households. For decades, the share of U.S. children living with a single parent has been rising, accompanied by declining marriage rates and a rise in births outside of marriage. There are approximately 18.3 million children in the U.S. who live without a father in the home, comprising about one in four children in the United States. 85% of all children who exhibit some type of behavioral disorder come from a fatherless home. Here's what Satan is doing. He is attacking us at the global level. And the enemy is going all out to attack the definition of a home and the design of a home. The definition of the home and the design of a home. But listen, he's not just attacking at the global level. We know this. He's also attacking at the ground level. He is not just coming after the home. Hear me this morning. He is coming after your home. You know, the research is a little fuzzy because it's hard to get people to admit this. But when people are surveyed and ask, have you ever had an extramarital affair? That's hard to get people to admit it. But about 25% of married Americans will admit to it. Which leads to this. The share of Americans saying they're happy or not too happy you'll notice that green line, that's hap- That's the very happy, it plummeted in 2021, and the not too happy accelerated. So for the first time since we've been doing this, going back into the 70s, we have more people not happy than we have happy in America. Those two things are going hand in hand. Here's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. The enemy is coming after the home, and the enemy is coming after your home. He's attacking us on the global level. He's attacking us on the ground level. And here's what he's trying to do. He's trying to end marriage, and he's trying to end your marriage. He's trying to confuse the world, and he's trying to confuse you. He's trying to make us dissatisfied with the biblical family, and he's trying to make you dissatisfied with your family. The family in general is under attack, and the family unit is under attack, and your family is under attack as well. And what we have to do is fight it at the, at the global level, but what we've also got to do is fight it at the ground level, and you must protect your family. I don't know if you saw this or not. I'm going to talk about the lottery a couple times today, but uh, the winner of the Chinese $29.9 million lottery jackpot This is not him. This is him. I thought this was the lottery mascot. It's not. This guy's the lottery mascot. This guy's the guy that won. He won $29.9 million. He told them to call him Mr. Lee. Not his real name. That's the equivalent of Mr. Smith in America. Why is he dressed up in a costume? Because he didn't want his wife and children to know he had won the lottery. (laughs) Let me let me read to you the quote he said. He said, I didn't tell my wife and child for fear they would be too complacent and would not work or work hard in the future. And then he told a newspaper, I did not want my family to become a deadbeat. So Mr. Smith is setting on $29.9 million all on his own. Now, whether you agree with what he did or not, I commend him for what he was doing because at the very least he was trying to protect his family. I want to tell you this morning, we know our enemy is coming after the family, and we've got to do all we can to protect it. I'll protect it from the pulpit. We'll protect it in our small groups. We need to invest in preventative measures and recovery measures for the family. Our counseling is part of the recovery measures. Our Wednesday nights is part of the preventative measures. Our Thursday morning men's prayer breakfast is part of the preventative measures. We're starting Celebrate Recovery uh, next year. That's part of the recovery measures for our family. As a church, hear me, we cannot be pro-family enough. And every now and then, someone gets upset at me that we're spending so much time talking about a family. Someone that has recently gone through a breakup or disappointment. Most of the time, I hear from people who have been through a broken family situation, they thank me profusely for it. They understand the difficulties of it. But every now and then, somebody who's recently gone through a broken family situation They get upset because we're spending so much time on the family. Now hear me, I understand your pain. I understand your pain. And hear me when I say this. We are not starting from here and looking backwards investigating your past. We are starting from now and looking forwards to try to protect your future. Did you know that statistically, second marriage is more likely to devolve than a first marriage? So you need everything we're dishing out going forward in your life. The family's under the tack. And the reason we have the family initiative is not just protect the idea of the family. It is to protect your family at whatever stage it's in. You say, preacher, I've already had brokenness come to my family. I've already had brokenness. Uh, I understand that. I'm not worried about it. I don't even need to hear your story. All I'm telling you is from this day forward, we're trying to help you go forward for the glory of God. Second reason we have the family initiative is number two, the gospel is the hope of the family. The gospel is the hope of the family. I love this passage. Looking uh, up here, Acts chapter 16. Let me tell you a story. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out in a loud voice, don't harm yourself because we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Notice this, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him along the way with everyone in his house. He took them the same hour at midnight and washed their wounds right away. He and all his family were baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and rejoiced because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. Now, here's the quick story Paul and Silas are in jail. God supernaturally opens the doors. If the prisoners had escaped, the jailer would have been executed. He guarded prisoners with his life. And so that's why he was about to fall on a sword so his family wouldn't suffer repercussions. And Paul and Silas, God opened the prison doors, but they didn't leave. Because the mission of the gospel was more important than their freedom. And so the Bible tells us this, that the jailer got saved. And because the jailer got saved... His wife and children got saved immediately after that. So here's what happened. A jailer gets saved in jail. He takes Paul and Silas home and he says, hey, you tell them what you told me. He told them, they told them what uh, he told him and them got saved. Man, there's a lot of pronouns in that preaching right there. All God's children got saved, man. Everybody got saved that heard the gospel. But it started with a husband that got saved who led his wife to Christ and led his children to Christ. The answer for his family was Jesus. And can I tell you this morning, the same is true for your family as well. Did you know Jesus is the answer for whatever ails your family? Did you know that the best thing for your family is not a new house? It's not a new car? It's not a different job, it's not more money, it's not stuff, it's not a piece of technology, it's not a boat or an RV. The best thing for your family is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That nothing will bring more peace and joy and contentment than a house full of Jesus followers. I love this phrase, with his entire household. Jesus was the answer for his whole house. Can I talk about the lottery one more time? Just a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago. I think it was the largest ever, $1.9 billion dollars. Powerball, Mega, whatever, I'm not sure, but $1.9 billion was won by one person. One person. What are the chances of somebody winning that $1.9 million? The chances were 1 in 292 million that you would win it if you bought a ticket. Or in other words, you were 400 more times to be struck by lightning than you were to win the lottery. As a matter of fact, I read it the uh, the day after. There was an 11% chance no one, would win the lottery, even with it at $1.9 billion. You say, um, well, some guy is now a billionaire. Actually, he's not. Just to remind you how you should vote, if he took out a lump sum payment, he was only going to get $929 million. Or he could have trusted the government over the next 30 years, to give him annual paychecks and he would have gotten the full 1.9 million dollars but I don't know how many of us trust the government for 30 years to give us that paycheck. So he took the lump sum assuming to take the lump sum 929 million dollars but the federal government's not done with you. The federal government will take 340 million dollars of that for taxes leaving you with a lump sum payment of $585 million before your state demands their income tax unless you live in Florida or Texas. And of course, if you live in California, you'll bring home 75 cents. (laughs) Right, the conventional wisdom is that winning the lottery will change your life. But research suggests that's not always the case. Some researchers put together, and some economists put together a paper in 2001 that said most people tend to spend unexpected windfalls. As a matter of fact, they found that people who'd won the lottery 10 years later had only saved 16 cents out of every dollar. They did research among couples in their 20s, 30s, and 40s who were given an inheritance, a large financial gift as an inheritance, and found out that most of them quickly lost half their money through spending or poor investments. Other studies have shown that winning the lottery, no matter how much, didn't help financially distressed people escape their problems. As a matter of fact, the research says this, that one-third of all lottery winners eventually go bankrupt. I'm not saying they eventually run out of money. They eventually go bankrupt, bankrupt. Why do you tell us this, preacher? Here's what I'm telling you. Hundreds of millions of dollars isn't the answer to the family crisis in America. Jesus is. That's why it's so important for us as a church to lean in on on our families. The world doesn't have the answer. The lottery doesn't have the answer. The church does. Jesus is the answer for the world's family problems and He's the answer for your family problems as well. Do you know there's nothing more beautiful for a marriage or a family than when everyone in the family knows Jesus, is walking with God, is growing in Christ. Filled with the Spirit, filled with the Word. Does that describe your family life? See, I've never met a couple saturated in the Word of God that couldn't work out their issues through the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. The gospel is the answer. We need to get it into our church and in our community. I'm happy to report we've already had at least one salvation through the Transformation Center. Because even our counselors know Jesus is the answer. Why the family initiative? Number three, the family initiative because the future is at stake. Look at just a couple of Bible verses. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul said, I thank God who I serve with a clear conscience as many ancestors did when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Now he's writing to Timothy, a young pastor. Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm convinced is in you also. Can can you follow the pattern here? Grandmother, mother, Timothy. Grandmother, mother, Timothy. Three generations of believers. Timothy had a heritage of faith that had been Passed down to him. Can I tell you this? You can close your Bibles and I'll be done. Well, you didn't have them open, so never mind. Look this way. I'm on fire today. Um, been a long week. Listen, when the family falls apart, the future starts falling apart as well. The future of the church and Christianity and the nation's Start falling apart. Lifeway Research did a survey with Focus on the Family in 2015. Listen to this. 20% of churchgoers stopped going to church after a divorce. But listen, their children also stopped attending with 35% of parents reporting that at least one of their kids who went before a divorce stopped after a divorce. We want to reach families and help them thrive because the future is at stake. Did you know, like Timothy, that's future pastors that we're losing, future missionaries that we're losing, future different makers that we're losing. They are sitting in our pews and their family staying together may be the very key to them serving the Lord in the future. The future is at So there has to be an emphasis on the family. Again, we're not looking at your past. We're starting today and going forward. Let's start today and go forward. A new survey by Ohio State University found many Americans are losing sleep at night. I don't know if this is you or not. But it finds Americans are losing sleep over stress and worry about the current state of the world. After a global pandemic, polarizing political division, and more than two years of turbulent events, nearly one in five surveyed respondents report struggling to fall asleep at night. Struggling to fall asleep. Here's what they said at Ohio State Medical Center. There was a 29% increase in referrals for insomnia from 2018 to 2021. A 29% increase Insomnia. Should we be worrying? Probably so. What we should be worrying about and praying about and working on is the state of the family. Would you stand with me across the room? You say, preacher, how can I make a difference? Well, just by being here, you're making a difference, number one. Thank you for being here. If you want to give, pvine.org slash give. As a matter of fact, you can even go to this. Website. That website right there is pvine.org slash family. There you can give, there you can sign up for counseling. If you want to give to the family initiative and help us make a difference, I'd encourage you to do that. That helps us attack the situation in Pvine City. Let me ask you, what about a family? What about your family? See, you you may need to go to pvine.org slash family. You may need to sign up your family there is absolutely no shame in counseling whatsoever i always encourage biblical counseling always encourage christian counseling always sometimes it's just a good tune up sometimes it'll stop something that's gotten out of hand i always always encourage it you can go there it's prorated the cost is very minimal because you're giving to the family initiative is supplementing that uh, cost By the way, it's anonymous. Not one pastor. If you don't tell us you're going, we don't know you're going. We don't ask for names. We don't get names. We get monthly reports of numbers. That's the way we've set it up. So we have no idea you're going unless you tell us. Counselors don't reveal it. It's totally anonymous. And if you want to help us save families in our community, I'd encourage you to help us give but maybe we should start by helping save yours. Maybe you need to sign up for counseling, maybe you need to pray for day, to pray today. Maybe you need to pray for your family. There's some of you here that your children's family is falling apart. There's some of you here praying for a spouse for your children. There's no more important prayer other than for, for them knowing Jesus. Maybe this morning you want to pray for them or you want to pray for a family you know. And here's the big question, do you know Jesus. See, the greatest need for your family is Jesus. Our pastors are coming to these uh, Next Step stations, whether they're here at Ross Spring or one of our campuses. If you're online, Pastor Jeremy's got a word for you
1: about this online. Thank you, Pastor Joel, for that great message. And you may be sitting there thinking, man, I don't know that there's any hope for my family. And then the truth is this, what i heard this morning is there is hope for your family if you'll follow the principles laid out in scripture uh, as they apply to your family also know this sometimes our lives are more complicated than we can figure out and untangle on our own we want you to know through the family initiative that we have resources for you we have classes um, on wednesday night that'll help you um, untangle some of the things that are going on in your life as well. We offer counseling You can find out more information about our counseling ministry by going to pvine.org forward slash family you can actually book a book a an appointment on that website and uh, We want you to know that we want to be your resource to help you in your family. I can tell you though if you don't have a relationship with Jesus you are hopeless your situation is hopeless. Without the power of the gospel, like Pastor Joel just preached, um, our lives literally are hopeless. And so um, maybe that's where you need to start. Maybe you need to start by beginning that relationship with Jesus that starts with you understanding that you're a sinner and that your sin has separated you from God. You've got to be willing to admit that. And then you've got to believe that jesus died on the cross and when he died on the cross he he bridged that gap that was created by sin you've got to believe that and then you've got to confess jesus as your personal lord and savior and if god has spoken to your heart this morning and that's your starting point then i encourage you right now right in this moment tell god this lord i know i'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. God, I believe that you died on the cross, that you were buried, and on the third day you rose again, conquering sin, death, and hell for me. I ask you right now through the power of your Holy Spirit to come into my heart, take away my sin, be my savior. Lord, I give my life to you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time, we want to celebrate that with you. And we'd love to send you some resources that'll help you on your faith journey with Jesus. And so if you'll click the link that we have just dropped in the box that says, I commit my life to Christ, um, then uh, we'll send you some stuff in the mail and I'll personally connect with you and help you take next steps on your faith journey with Jesus. It has been awesome to be together this morning and I look forward to our times together